A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. They used to say about me that I was the gangster with the blonde hair and blue eyes. This girl is like, she's another level. It's like one minute she's like, hey, how you doing? They're doing well. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. As I'm sure you can understand, I'm not really in the mood. Um, if you want to know why, read the news or you can listen to the last episode in which I fully cry and talk about my feelings. With that being said, I had an awesome conversation with Brian Moylan about the latest episode of Real Housewives of New York. So here it is. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Donate to all the Brooklyn bailout, uh, Minnesota bailout, all of those organizations. If you can, I will be posting um, organizations that you can donate to on my Instagram at everyone's business with mine. Hopefully we'll have a better week than we did last week. And if not, burn it all down. Bye. Oh my gosh, you guys, what a week it's been with the Real Housewives of New York. Joined with me is the incredible vulture extraordinaire, um, Brian Moylan. Brian, hello. Hello, how are you? Ah, doing great. I love your recaps, but I had to like promise myself that I wouldn't uh, read your Roni one because I didn't want to say anything that you already said. I just wanted to hear <laughs> But I recommend everybody read your recaps on Vulture. They're so great. Well, I'm glad you didn't read it so that when I recycle jokes from it on this podcast, you will have no idea. You'll just think I'm so wonderful and witty and came up with it on the fly. Perfect. Perfect. That works for me. Um, So I just wanted to get a feel for like how you're feeling. I think... People tend to, when we talk about, or I guess when we've been talking about Bravo shows lately, it's like, you kind of have to compare the Housewives shows to, like, who's on. So mm-hmm. people are making a lot of comparisons between, like, New York and Beverly Hills, which historically I don't think is fair because, in my heart, New York is, like, top and Beverly Hills is, like, a disaster in terms of... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like the tides have really been turning. A lot of people have been really saying that they're enjoying Beverly Hills this season and New York, not so much. So how are you feeling? I always love New York the most. Um, so I'm happy to just spend any time with the New York women that I can. But I right. totally understand what some people are saying in that in a normal season of New York, the drunken antics are sort of like a, a really good side dish, as it were. You know, there's like drama and other things going on, and then they get all wasted, like in Mexico, and Luann falls in the bushes, and it's fun. Whereas this se- season, it seems like the drunken antics have really been what it's all about. And while I still enjoy them, it does become a little one note after a while. I, I agree. I think the main reason why people have been um, not enjoying New York so much is because of Dorinda and yes. specifically like her just constant need to like nag at Tinsley and get at her and attack her. And it seems like really it's very confusing for me. And she seems to still be doing it off camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think that what we're seeing this season in Real Housewives of New York 
more than anything is the absence of Bethany Frankel. And I think that if you do want to continue that comparison between New York and Beverly Hills, like Beverly Hills lost Lisa Vanderpump, which was kind of their alpha dog, and New York lost Bethany Frankel, which was its alpha dog. And I think it's playing out in two very different ways. Whereas on Beverly Hills, Kyle has kind of become this like de facto alpha because she's been around the longest and she is not handling it well. And, you know, and, and she wants everyone to like her, but she also wants to be in charge. So she won't be like, Oh, Teddy is my best friend and the rest of you aren't. And so it's leading to this weird, like, uh, kind of double-edged sword that's happening in Beverly Hills. Whereas what's happening in New York, I think is really a vacuum of power where, Ramona thinks that she's the alpha, but she's clearly not. And because there's no one kind of at the center of the group, I really think that Bethany was keeping Dorinda in check for a lot of years. And now that she's gone, Dorinda's just allowed to run roughshod on somebody because Bethany was the only voice louder than Dorinda's. And so now that that's gone, there's no one who can shut Dorinda down when she just goes whole hog after Tinsley, which is, I agree with you, just totally unwarranted and annoying yeah exactly like I think I mean it, it's clear to me that Kyle is a beta and she's trying yes. to be an alpha yes. and like to try to bring on Teddy <laughs> I can't even say it to try and bring on Teddy as like her henchman is like just a like a laughable choice <laughs> to right. me. yeah um, and Teddy seems to have totally disappeared this season anyway so thank god thank god for that um yeah I um so also how are you feeling about the new women because I'm loving Garcelle I think she's an icon she's the moment I feel like um Sutton is very polarizing Mm -hmm. and if we can even count Elise I just like we cannot (laughs) we cannot count Elise Elise can hardly count herself (laughs) <laughs> um martin the boxer did a uh recap of i think maybe two episodes ago and he was said something that was like very much in my spirit which is elise why is she here yes and i think that that really just speaks to, like it's exactly how i feel why is she there i okay this is a theory based on absolutely nothing um but my theory is that ramona has been pestering the producers to include her old friend Elise for like eight years. And she's been like, my friend Elise will be great. My friend Elise will be great. My friend Elise will be great. And finally they were like, oh, fine, Ramona, sure. Like, let okay, great. Let's just have her. And now they have her. And what the producers always knew was that Louise, Elise wouldn't be great. Elise is lame. <laughs> exactly. And I, she's like, lame in a different way than like Barbara Kay was last season like yes and they both were like outsiders and they don't belong Barbara was at least like willing to like get into the action a bit whereas like kind of elicits like a like a middle school mean girl reaction in in me like I just feel like she's like the weird goth girl that like got a makeover and is trying to be popular now and I just I don't want her coming to hang out with us Friday night after school. I don't <laughs> want her coming to the birthday parties. Like, I just, I, there's something, there's, she just elicits a very visceral reaction to me. Well, and I feel like, um, you know, Elise enlisted, but wasn't ready to go to war. Like, Elise showed up and and doesn't want to fight. And then these women get drunk and behave like assholes. And she's horrified. And it's like... Where where did you think you were going? Like this is the job, and like I would react the same way that Elise does by what Leah was doing in Rhode Island, what the other women have been doing. But that's the reason I'm on my couch and not in front of the camera. And so if Elise is just going to be like horrified by it and kind of turn her nose up at it and not want to be a part of it, then why are you even there? Elise wants to like bring out her thesaurus and like say these five dollar words at people when they're like three martinis deep and it just it's not gonna work girl yeah no it is not (laughs) she's she's not nearly unreasonable enough but I will say I agree with you that Garcelle is a legend like I think she's fun and she's 
has a great energy and uh, you know whenever I see her I just feel kind of the joy the problem yeah. is she doesn't seem to have cleared the schedule for the housewives and so <laughs> right. she's not like engaging she's not going to any of the group events she's not hanging out with the women and I think that particularly now when you know she's she should be forming relationships with them and getting in on all of this stuff that she's really not and so the fighting is this weird kind of like uh beefs from years back and garcelle is not only wasn't in that she's not even around them enough to know what they're fighting about and so i think that if we really want to see garcelle she needs to get in the mix a little bit more and i don't mean the fighting i mean just being around and yeah. <laughs> you know, being able to voice an opinion about these things, which we are absolutely not getting right now because she's a busy lady. Right. It, but, like, when she does, I love it. Like, when she is, like, shady towards Kyle and how Kyle acts, like, I, I she gets it. Like, she loves Agreed. it. But, yeah, you need yes. to see more. Yes, I need to see more. And so I'm hoping that, and, I mean, to, tracing the parallels of the season, I think it's really interesting in that we already know that Denise is leaving halfway through and Tinsley's leaving halfway through. So I think that that is definitely going to change the dynamics that we've seen in both shows significantly and that without Tinsley around, who is Dorinda going to rage at? Because there's always someone. There's always somebody. And here's the question that I have been wondering do we think that Tinsley's Chicago boyfriend, Bruce, was real? I would only assume. I can't imagine she would make him up. That seems crazy to me. <laughs> it does seem crazy. But crazier things have happened. And I, I just wonder, like, why? It seemed like her only reason for staying in Chicago was Scott. Right. So then why did you find another Chicago boyfriend just to, like, try to make Scott jealous? Is that what's well, happening? And why can't you find a New York boyfriend? Particularly when, you know, I think that part of the problem that Dorinda and others are having with Tinsley is that, you know, she wasn't really a full-time New Yorker like the rest of them. And right. so, right, if that was their criticism, why not find a boyfriend in New York? Yeah, and I I understand Dorinda's argument with like why don't you just admit that you and Scott are more of a thing than you're talking about like stop saying that you guys are broken up like you're never fully broken up but then it gets to the point where like how I feel about like Katie and Stassi going against um Kristen it's like okay you know she has a fucked up relationship with her boyfriend so like right. why are you making it so personal like just let it go why well, I think both of these instances aren't fights about relationships, they're fights about the show. And right. I think that Dorinda's problem is that she sees herself as giving all of herself over to the show. And it seems like Scott doesn't want to be on the show anymore. And Tinsley doesn't want to talk about it on the show. And so Dorinda feels like Tinsley is holding back from the viewers. And that's what she's mad about. But in Tinsley's defense, I mean, the same thing is true of about Dorinda and John. So... What can Dorinda even be mad about at this point? It's it, it's totally true. And it, that's the same thing how I feel about, like, Katie and Schwartz. Like, are we going to act like you guys' relationship is perfect? Because <laughs> it sure isn't. Well, and that, that was the thing I didn't understand about um, Katie, Kristen, and Stassi is you never really got an understanding of what they were even mad about Kristen for. And so... I yeah, I think it seemed to have something to do with Kristen. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, that's why I assume it had something to do with the show that we're not quite getting. Well, what I heard was, I guess Stassi went on her podcast with Katie, and she said that uh, two seasons ago, they had a conversation, like, I guess before the season begins filming, they have a conversation about, like, what it is that they want to talk about on the show. And Kristen yeah. came to both of them and said, like, I want to like kind of out my relationship or be more uh, honest about my relationship with Carter. And then when it came time for them to do that, like they said they would help her. And then when it came time for, you know, cameras up, she didn't want to have that conversation anymore. And so they were mad, but it's like, that to me is not a reason to uh, blow up a business opportunity that you guys have with the witches of WeHo wine to right. like 
kind of do this two against one thing. I think it's a two against one thing that really bothers me is like, they're going after her and it's like, yeah, she has a shitty relationship, but like you guys all do. So yes. And also I have the same problem with them that I have with Dorinda, which is it's cruel. Like, like they're just mean to, and like not inviting Kristen to Stassi's engagement party and then have Lala call her up and be like, just so you know, you're not invited. Like, it just all seemed like they were treating Kristen really horribly. And I mean, not that that Kristen's a great person, but no. yeah, it was not. <laughs> but also, I don't understand why, like, I, I've heard that explanation from other people. But if that was the case, why can't Stassi say on the show, you know, you said you were going to be more honest about your relationship with Carter. Right. And now you won't be, you know, like, yeah. It- or why won't they, they they're starting to show us more and more of the behind the scenes of all of these shows. Why wouldn't they let them talk about that? Or if they did talk about it, why aren't they showing us that? Right. Because all we're seeing is, Oh, you guys aren't being honest about whether or not you're together. And it's like, who gives a fuck? We're in our (laughs) thirties. Like let her do what she wants. (laughs) Um, So one of the commenters on my uh, Vanderpump rules recap had this theory And, you know, so this is me like secondhand spreading this thing based on nothing. This is based on nothing. Probably isn't true. But (laughs) her theory was that there's some sort of substance abuse issues happening in relation to Kristen and Carter. And and either that situation like a what? Like a Whitney and Bobby situation or like maybe a little bit better. Whitney Um, used to be. I'm hoping a bit better in that I hope Kristen has never pulled a doo-doo bubble out of Carter's butt, but, um, (laughs) uh, but that seemed to make sense to me in that that's what they're not talking about and what they're kind of talking around is that one or both of them has some sort of substance abuse problem that is not being addressed. And that is what is making Katie and Kristen or Katie and Stassi upset. Um, but I mean, if we're going down that road, the thing that makes them upset could be absolutely anything that they're not talking about. So who knows? But, um, that was something that kind of resonated with me, whether or not it's true. I mean, I have no idea. I'm Vicki Gumbelson now just like spreading unsubstantiated rumors. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, okay. This was very therapeutic for me, but let's get into the episode. I can't believe we're in episode nine already. I feel like the season has flown by totally flown by i am loving the addition of leah so far but this episode let's say gave me pause thank you big pause (laughs) (laughs) so the girls are all in new york at this point they're getting packed i i love a packing moment with the housewives because i feel like you you get little glimpses of who they really are um Tinsley pulls out what is essentially like a gold disco ball of a ball gown before she's like, oh, maybe this isn't right for Newport. Maybe I should just stick to like a striped shirt. Um, Right. (laughs) Sonia is with her, one of her many interns. Somebody said once that they want, was it maybe, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but they said that they want like a Vogue interview with all of Sonia's former and current interns. And like, I would love that. I would love to read it. So I approached Sonia once, this was years ago, about doing a story for New York Magazine about her interns and, you know, what the deal is, who they are, whatever. But I, but she kind of demurred at the idea. So I could only kind of assume the reason we haven't seen the title quote unquote intern around for a while was that there was something shady going on with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was happy to see an intern back, though, that, you know, Sonia has risen back up in the ranks of uh, semi-legal employers. <laughs> and it seems like the dynamic has not changed because all we see is her talking at them and they're looking at her like, I just need to keep my job. So yeah. I'm just going to smile and nod. <laughs> and you can talk about your hormones and your stickers that you put on your vagina I'm just going to just make it work until it's over. Did you Um, see on Twitter, somebody did a like choose your own adventure of being Sonia's intern for a day? I did see that. 
<laughs> oh my God. That was one of the most genius things I've ever seen. Hats off to you, uh, internet warrior, for <laughs> creating that for us. It was truly so funny. Um, Dorinda is at Bluestone Manor. She's working on it in, in her renovations. And the only thing that I find interesting about this is that apparently the pipes burst when she was at Andy's baby shower. Interesting. This, yeah, that's where she was at. I, there's, I, I just love a connection, you know? I love it. <laughs> I... When, so when she was having her breakdowns in the first few episodes of the season and she's like, oh, my house, my house. And I was like, bitch, get it together. It can't be that bad. And then we saw the house and I was like, ooh, I take it back. Like it, it is a lot worse than um, what I was hoping for. And I said at the beginning of lockdown, I said um, on Twitter that what we need is to send all the Real Housewives to Bluestone Manor and just install GoPros in the house and just keep it on 24 hours a day. And both Sonia and Dorinda endorsed this idea. So <laughs> why it hasn't happened yet, I have no idea, but there like you go. A, like Summer House, but for the New York ladies. I exactly. love that. Oh my God, I love Summer House. I love it so much. I heard that they're like still trying to make it work and that Cass was supposed to be going into like a two week quarantine and then they were just going to stick them in that house all summer. With I mean, no that would back. be awesome. Oh, I just, I need to get eyes on Kyle and Amanda's relationship dynamic. Like, that's my life's blood. Well, and if Kyle and Amanda and Carl are still all working together on Loverboy, and you have them all in the house together, it is both like a workplace comedy and a romantic comedy all at the same time. And I'm here for all of that. And a horror story. I just want to say as a side note, um, Carl posted a picture where he's sporting like a full beard now and like and yes. glasses. Did you see him in the glasses? Oof. Carl. I, I, listen, <laughs> I want to climb that tree. I want to get all the branches and I have no shame in saying that he looked great. Last summer, uh, my husband and I were visiting friends in Shelter Island, which is like off of the Hamptons. And we went into Sag Harbor one afternoon for lunch with some friends. And we were going to this restaurant. I was like, do you think we'll see the cast from Summer House? Oh, my God, that would be amazing. And we're sitting there at our table and in walks Carl and Lindsay. And I was oh. like, what? And so we were dying. But Carl was, if you can believe it, even more handsome in person than he is on the oh, show. <laughs> Uh, I just like I feel like I this is like a problematic thing to say but I feel like I deserve to have sex with him and I'm just not understanding why it hasn't happened yet I but, mean I feel like the only reason it hasn't happened is because you haven't been in front of him because this is yes. no dig against you but I feel like Carl doesn't turn down any opportunities and I, I would I would love to to make that happen I really would <laughs> Carl, if you're listening, <laughs> I can go ahead and open. <laughs> um, so Tinsley brought her own pillow, which I just thought was like very Tinsley. Um, so my dad calling her the same baby. thing, and yeah, so Tinsley is basically my 70 year old uh, father. <laughs> um, we find out that Leah is on edge because her new maybe boyfriend who she calls pita chip didn't call her in a timely manner about having dinner one night and so she went off on him that seems um, crazy right it seems crazy and somebody posted um because you know she had like some drama with that guy from snl michael che yes so somebody posted one thing that he wrote to her that was like, I feel like you just text me or you write to me to try and get a reaction. And I don't want to know what that's like in person. And I just felt like that was very telling. Like now we're seeing it on camera and I get it. Like this seems yes. very off. Yes. <laughs> there is a spirit of anarchy about Leah that um, seems to be hard to contain, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least, to say the least. Yeah. Um, girls all get in the van, and then this is the time where Leah takes the opportunity to ask if her sister can join, which has to be in the class with the Countess book somewhere. Like, that is not proper etiquette. I mean, 
why would you not ask this before so that the sister could come on the entire trip? And also, so from an etiquette standpoint, why not ask Ramona beforehand? From a production standpoint, girl, you just started and you think you get a plus one? (laughs) And Sonia brought that up, like guests of guests don't bring guests. Like you don't do that. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. So yes, totally wrong. Totally wrong. Um, so this is like just the beginning of Leah just being on the edge and then jumping right off of it. Yeah. Um, Ramona's like, well, I'll think about it. But then she says this thing about like, you know, I understand the dynamic of the girls and, you know, I know what works and who works with who. And I don't want to bring another energy into the group. It's not a really good idea. I I just want to, like, talk about my feelings about Ramona right now as far as the season. It seems like she's waffling between I have all these, like, Rich Hamptons friends and I'm above this. But also, like, she seems to be taking a real motherly role with Leah. And she seems a little bit softer with the cast in general, which is very odd for me. Because Ramona has been herself the entire time. And so this seems like a real (laughs) new leap that she's turning. Well, and you're right. It's weird in that for a few seasons, we've seen Ramona kind of be like, oh, I'd rather go out on a date than be here. And like a little bit checked out. And now that Bethany's gone, it seems like she's trying to take control. Like you're all going to come and stay at my house in the Hamptons, including Luann, who has a perfectly good house right down the street. And, you know, you're going to go on my trip and you're going to hang out with my friends. But the thing is, none of them want to do that. Yeah. And by them, I mean, too, I don't want to see any of her little like weirdo Hampton friends. No. And like Tinsley and Leah are a good 20 years younger than Ramona. Right. And (laughs) Leah's sister then is almost 30 years younger than Ramona. And so like, you know, this is like, then you're on a totally different show. Exactly. And I, I wish that, like, it seems really messed up that, like, Bethany was basically the one who was responsible for bringing Leah on the show. And then as soon as they were about to start filming, she was like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would have been a really, like, we need somebody who's more of a bridge between Leah and the rest of the women, which is why I'm calling on Heather Holla Thompson to come back. <laughs> I am... Uh, ideologically opposed to former housewives coming back. Really? Yes. Like, I think that, like, we <laughs> never would have, if, if we had brought back Jill Zarin, let's say, we never would have had a Dorinda Medley. Like, True. there's better out there that we don't even know about than the ones that we do know about. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm but, up. Yeah. I, but I also think I it would have been a totally different show with Leah and Bethany. Like, I feel like Leah is a very good replacement for Bethany. I think the two of them together would have been not great. Not great in what way? Like, do you in think that, they would have... I think that they they both serve a similar role of, you know, kind of telling it like it is, being funny, seeing themselves a little bit as an underdog and, you know, challenging the women's notions about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the difference is that Leah actually is the underdog coming in, you know, as an unknown, whereas Bethany, even when she came back and was clearly the alpha still behaved like she was the underdog. And that's what I think in more recent seasons made her more unlikable. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Very fair. Very, very fair. Um, So back to the show. The girls all, they get to Newport. um, And then Leah takes another opportunity to say, I want my sister here in front of all those gorgeous lobster rolls. And (laughs) I have never wanted lobster so bad. The things I had to witness. (laughs) It was uncouth. Um, They... Leah decides to take a vote amongst the women. Really the only person who says no is Sonia. Everybody else is fine with it. So Romana's like, okay, fine. Like, but she clearly doesn't want to do it. Right. We see them keep going back and forth over whether or not this poor sister can come. It's like, it was wild. But you know what? Only New York can do that because if this was Beverly Hills, that would have been seven episodes. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But I, I also feel like, Leah should have taken no for an answer, first of all. And, um, yeah. She should have read the taken no for an answer. Yeah. You have but to read the room. The best part of the whole episode, though, is when she goes, you invited Elise and you're not even talking to her. It's like, well, of course she's not talking to her. Elise isn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> Elise is like, uh, did you watch Arrested Development? I did not. Uh, she, there was a character where um, one of the guys was dating a girl and her name was Anne and they kept calling her egg and they kept like talking shit about her, even though she was in the room and they never knew they would always be like, Oh, here she is in the corner. And Elise is very much like an Anne. Just yeah. like, why, why are you, I just don't, I don't get it. And it feels at this point, like a personal attack on me, like that I have to deal with Elise on my TV. I feel that way anytime Dorit wears something in her hair um, <laughs> because I've written so many times about how I hate it. And so when she showed up to that reunion with her head covered in barrettes, I was like, this is a personal attack. <laughs> like she, she is must- coming singularly for me. <laughs> she must have had such a migraine after that. Like it hurt me to look at all of those clips and her poor thin hair. God, I can't stand her. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so then they all go to the rooms and Dorinda has my heart. Like if I don't like when she's barking at people, but Dorinda is very much me. Who's like, as soon as I get in the room, like, where's the clicker? I'm going to take a nap. I'm taking my shoes off. And like, I'll be bitches for dinner. Like leave me alone. Yes. You better have Bravo. And I'm going to sleep on top of the comforter for 25 minutes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So all the girls get ready for this clam bake that Leah or that Ramona has set up. Leah's clearly been drinking all day and it shows. Um, They, she's close to being off the rails at this point. Um, Ramona, Luann and Sonia go off to the clam bake by themselves because they don't feel like waiting for the other girls. And Ramona presents the women with a bunch of like star crowns that she put in an old crumpled up J crew bag, which I love. <laughs> oh my God. That was the most like Ramona thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Um, 
Luann saying that those crowns reminded her of feeling Giovanni. Um, I mean, I personally find it like both annoying and heartwarming. Like, I think out of like Luann's songs, I might enjoy feeling Giovanni the most, mostly because like I like a saxophone moment. And it was giving. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have to go with Money Can't Buy You class as the all-time classic. It is a classic because it reminds me of when she first performed it and Jill Zarin said, you know what? It doesn't buy you class. Elegance is like, she just like was really walking herself through the lyrics and it's like, elegance doesn't come with money. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, great for me. My um, favorite underrated Housewives song is Melissa Gorgas on display. Oh, I love okay. an <laughs> I love the darkness of Danielle's close to you when she did that performance at Watch What Happens Live uh, with her sort of girlfriend. Oh, it, it was just so creepy and weird that it has a place in my heart. Remember when Kim Zolciak was a lesbian? Uh, yes. <laughs> we watched her so much together. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what was that girl's name? Tracy? I think it was Tracy. Tracy, yes. Thank God. What a what a treat. Um, like a real like Sam Ronson, Lindsay Lohan situation. <laughs> so <laughs> the speed with which that clam bake went off the rails was oh. astounding. Like you can't prepare for something like that. Hurricane Leah was out in full force. Oh my I, god. And and like everyone is a different kind of drunk. And we've seen what kind of drunk all of the ladies on the show are. Like we know you know, Luann can usually hold her shit together. Sometimes she'll fall into a bush. Sonia yeah. gets like slurry and slutty and just like crazy and fun. Dorinda gets mean, 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 mean. Yeah. But Leah, I it's a combination of being fun but also destructive, which is very concerning. I have never felt more emotion towards like a tablescape than when she started to grab at those flowers. I was like, please don't do that. Like, yeah. it was just so beautiful. And I just couldn't believe that she would go for it. But and she's I, trying to like pull down the structure by like the drapes. <laughs> just grabbing at anything she could get her little paws on. She was like, just like a terrible toddler just screaming and just and there grabbing. was like one point where she took off a boot and threw the boot and then she was holding a glass and she threw the glass and she had one foot on and with the foot or one shoe on and with the sh- foot without the shoe she was kicking at the camera like <laughs> just trying to like break everything she's like wreck it ralph i mean <laughs> it was wild like and she just went crazy like First of all, I didn't, excuse me, I did not appreciate Ramona calling her a recovering alcoholic because I I just don't, I don't think it's necessary to go there. Like, you just don't really know her like that. But it's also like, Leah, you maybe need to stop drinking. Maybe we took time off for a reason. Um, Well, and like, um, when she did this, in the Hamptons at Ramona's house, I didn't care so much because you're like inside at your friend's house, like go at it. Whereas right. here you're trying to, you're like ripping apart the tablescape that these nice people put together for you. You know, like you're, you're ruining there. You could see like people in the background kind of watching. There's like staff and stuff there. It's, you know, private, but semi-public. And it just seemed very distasteful to me. I fully agree. There was a point where Leah like tried to rub her ass on Sonia while somebody was trying to serve, like one of the waiters was trying to serve lobster. And you could tell that the, you couldn't see the the waiter's face, but you could tell that they were just standing there. Like, I don't know how to move right now because I (laughs) like literally I'm not getting paid enough for this. (laughs) I want to say I took a look at one of those bartenders and he was so cute and it's not really vital to the story, but it helped. It it really helped. <laughs> so I heard from some readers in uh, Newport, and what I intuited about this was true, and it was that they were off season, but also in the middle of the week. 
So the uh, I, in Leah's, I guess, defense, somewhat the the resort was fairly abandoned. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I will say it. I'll, I'll take that. Um, it there was, was like it was awful, and if I was there, I would have been like Elise and mortified by it all going on. But then when Sonia is dragging Leah across, literally dragging Leah across the lawn, <laughs> Leah says. Don't take me to the Morgan yacht. I don't want to go to the Morgan yacht. It's a shitty yacht. I'm like laughing my face off. Or when Sonia says, uh, maybe she has a double personality. I seen it on TV. I'm just like literally laughing out loud. Like I, it's just the funniest thing in the world to me. So I want to be like, oh, you're awful, but also thank you. Exactly. And I want to give a shout out to the whoever's editing new york because unlike brie over at vanderpump rules like there's an actual flair that's going on where do you hear sonia who's like not really talking to anybody saying something like yeah i've seen split personalities on tv like that is a moment that i really appreciate it's hilarious and you know you don't even need the flair just just cameras up and let her rip you know just just let them do what they're doing exactly and i mean the vanderpump rules editors are fantastic but the problem is they're spinning like shit into gold. Right. <laughs> Whereas with New York, you're right. It's just like, well, that's what I made the point last episode where they do a flashback of Sonia puking on the van, like on oh the floor God. of the van, home from the orchard. And like on any other show that would have been like three episodes worth of drama. And on New York, it is a throwaway moment. Like they give us so much. A that throwaway moment. Like, yeah. Wow, like from her going to say like, oh, I just want to go and like have some cider to her like silently puking and people <laughs> realizing that she threw up in a van. It, I mean, you can't write this shit. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, Leah, Leah completely loses it. She says, and to harken back to what you were saying is like, about the different kind of drunks that what we've seen with Leah losing it is also like the juxtaposition of Dorinda getting in these deep conversations with people. Like yeah. before she's mean, she gets like really emotional and deep with people and Tinsley's like, I just want to hug you. I just want to have a conversation. We need to talk. Dorinda says, and I quote, I'm a very engaged person. I eat what I think. I think what I live. I I have no idea and I couldn't pay attention to any of that because it was all going on under the din of just Leah screeching and screaming and you know tearing that dinner a new asshole it was just I couldn't focus there was too much happening doing somersaults at one point there was like a full poltergeist moment where she was like being lifted from her chest like was pea soup going to like shoot from her mouth? Like it was wild. It was It reminded wild. me a bit of, I think it was Cartagena, but it was that dinner where at one end of the table, Carol and Bethany are getting into it. And at the other end of the table, Dorinda and the Countess are getting into it. And it yeah. was that dinner where she was like, at least I didn't get a mugshot over it. Like that fight. <laughs> Yes. So you had those, like two parallel fights and they were like playing it against each other, but they were both fights that made sense. So you can mm-hmm. kind of follow along with each of them separately, whereas neither of these things made any sense. <laughs> it was just and so it was just, just like din echoing off of din. Exactly. Uh, Leah, at this point, after she's done doing her gymnastics and destruction, she just goes to crying. Um, Elise gets a talking head, which is frustrating, but she says that, like, this, Leah shouldn't have, should have not invited her sister, that this was her opportunity to get to know the girls. Like, you're not one of the girls, Elise. Let's just be clear. Like, you might be right, but you're not one of them. Um, Luann at one point says, Leah's out of control and you guys have never seen me like this. But then they go back to Mexico, like you said, of her falling in the bushes. But I do want to say that was only one episode. And the only thing she hurt was possibly herself. Exactly. And the bushes. You know, like, and to the Countess's great credit, we've seen her get bombed for a decade. 
And that is yeah. one time. Like, Leah has gotten this wasted twice in nine episodes. <laughs> Leah's like a like a SantaCon drunk, where it's like, <laughs> she's like, yes. she's like in the Santa costume. The hat is in the gutter. She's getting into a fight with her boyfriend, and it's only like 3.30 in the afternoon. Like, what's happening here? It's like a real mess. Like, she's in the East Village. She's puking and crying. And it's just a disaster. That is the best description of Leah I've ever heard, and I will be stealing it. So thank you for that. (laughs) Please do. Uh, So then, basically, she's weeping. The women are, like, in some sort of, like... Again, like a like a classic painting where she's weeping. They're all trying to hold different parts of her face to stop her from crying. They're all like trying to restrain her. Ramona goes to the bathroom and says, you know, again, for the third time, I made a decision. Your sister can come and everything is fine for the night. Right. And kind of end on Sonia taking a dig in that lobster. And again, it looked incredible. And that's exactly what I would have been doing. Like if you were Elise, I would have been Sonia, like I'm going to add to the chaos, but then when it gets to be too much, like I just need to eat. So you guys Girl, do what you guys I, I love that about Sonia. <laughs> she never shies away from a meal. And I know it's great. Yeah. I mean, she like took that lobster from that party. How <laughs> that was Ramona. Time? Ramona took the lobsters. She had the bags ready, the refrigerated bag. I mean, just, ugh. I just love these women so much. Um, so then the next moment, next morning, we get, like, a Nancy Myers moment where, like, Lynn, Dorinda's out in her, like, low official sweater. She's out on the beach with a book. Um, she's called, she calls Leah. Leah's perfectly fine. She feels great. She says that the moment the night before was like a, a release for her and it felt very therapeutic. So she has like no regrets at all. Yeah. And I appreciate that about her. Um, but also she should maybe have some regrets. <laughs> she absolutely should. Elise um, then meets up with Sonia and Ramona and the t- Canadian tuxedo, like I have questions about the- <laughs> Her style is very off to me. Like, was it a Canadian tuxedo or was it a jumpsuit? It was. It was definitely a jacket, and there was like a cold shoulder top under it. But then there was also a hoodie on top of the cold shoulder jacket, and then a jean jacket, and then what looked to be Gloria Vanderbilt jeans. Like, they were vintage, but in a not great way. We in my household, we do not call them cold shoulder tops. We call them Kyle Richard sleeves because that is all. <laughs> Kyle Richards wore for like the first four seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It it kills me to no end. Like, I, what are we? What message are we sending? <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. Um, but okay. So then, Elise does sit down and make a good point. Makes a good point to Ramona, which is like, Leah should not have tried to invite her sister. But once you said yes the first time, you couldn't. You shouldn't have gone back and forth and like waffled on whether or not she could come like you say 100 agree with elise i totally like you let it go you don't bring up like relationship dynamics and i don't know your sister and blah 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 and just just let it go just say yes and let it go you're not paying for so who cares (laughs) right or Um, say no and then be like i said no sorry right yeah sick to Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Um, So then we have the women are all gathering outside. They're about to do some shopping in the town. And... Elise was being really like kind of passive aggressive. And I was like, how do you feel? Are you hung over? Because you should be. I'm like, fuck off. (laughs) And this is where I was like, okay, I'm really, really done with her. And uh, Leah. Elise never misses an opportunity to half step. Exactly. And I appreciated Dorinda sticking up for Leah and being like, "Leave, leave her alone. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting where you see it, like, with the difference between Leah and Elise and, like, a Barbara Kay, whereas the women have accepted Leah and been like, okay, we want you to hang. Whereas with a Barbara Kay or an Elise, they're all like, what are you doing here? We don't want to. And once they're not going to play with a person, they're kind of doomed. You're right. Like the only person who we saw really not like Barbara was Ramona. And now it's like the, the flip, the script has been flipped where like everybody likes Elise. Nobody likes Elise except for Ramona. And it's just not working. Right. Um, so then Elise says like, uh, no, Leah kind of says something dark where it was like who I was last night is who I kind of always want to be. But when I'm sober, like I can kind of curb that. And at least it'd say like, well, and you wonder why guys think that you're a crazy chick to which like <laughs> I would have gone off on her at that point. So I admire but also fair. Yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> if that's how you want, like I, I, the thing about Leah is it seems like she doesn't, ever want there to be rules and which is why I say she has like an anarch uh a spirit of anarchy like you know she wants to just like do whatever she wants and say whatever she wants and yell and kick and scream and destroy things but she knows that to be in polite society she can't and I think that that is what comes out in her dealings with gentlemen is you know she doesn't want to abide by the rules she just wants to do her own thing but then people are scared off by it True. Like in her personal life, it makes total sense. But then she brings up a great point of like, I thought that we were all crazy and that my crazy was going to align with everybody else's crazy. But now you guys seem to be really judgmental of me and I don't get it. I mean, also a fair point. Yeah, I think she said, you know, I thought it was okay to guzzle 10 martinis and, you know, be a fool. And yeah, she's right. Like, that's what they do, too. So, but I mean, we do have to agree that Leah takes it to another level. She does. Like, I can handle Dorinda, like, screaming and saying, like, you know, pointing her finger and, and doing that sort of thing. I'm used to it. But, like, she, Leah's got to ease us in. She's really just going in there with no loop whatsoever. And it's like, I mean, what she was doing was out of control. It was completely out of control. Um, so that was basically the end of the episode. What really happens after that? They just, they're at the, they go to a bar at some point. Elise again brings up like, oh, how would you feel if your daughter acted like that? And Leah's like, I'm not even going to talk to you about my 12 year old daughter and whether or not she's going to be getting drunk in the future and how I'm going to handle it. Like this isn't an after school special. Right. The light bulb's not going to come on for me. So, like, don't even try it. Well, my favorite moment was they go to this bar and they're outside having Bloody Marys. And, um, you know, Ramona has gotten ginned up by Elise to be like, uh, you know, turning her nose up at Leah and is kind of blocking her from the circle. And (laughs) Ramona says to Leah, like, you know, oh, I blocked out what happened last night because it reminded me too much of my childhood when my father was an alcoholic and I grew up in chaos and blah, blah, blah. And you see Leah 
having a real heartfelt apology, being like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to trigger you. That's not what I intended. I was just trying to have fun, you know, whatever. And Luann steps in and goes, she didn't block it out. She blacked out because she was so drunk. She just doesn't remember it. And so that whole like ping ponging of emotions and reasons and recriminations, I found to be like hilarious and that is like Countess Luann at her finest, where you're just like, cut the bullshit. Like, you were drunk too. You have no, like, you're trying to milk this emotion and apology out of Leah, and it's bullshit. And then you can see Leah be like, hey, like, that wasn't fair. <laughs> like, yeah. What did it to be? Yeah. It, it was, yeah, a true, true. This is truly like where I love Luann the most. It's like, yeah, when she's, like, trying to bring up the Countess stuff, that is funny. But it's also, like, I just love, like, not really that kind of Luann, who's just, like, cut the shit. Like, I don't I don't want to hear it. That, that's well, and man. what I also loved about, you know, when you had Ramona, Luann, and the Countess, uh, you know, they, they were three people that had been doing this together for a decade. And, like, you know, they could all keep each other in check because they've all, you know seen it and so I'm yeah I love when they all put each other in their place love it love it um so to talk about the aftermath of the episode did you hear what happened with like Leah and Ramona and Avery I mean I saw something on either Twitter or Instagram and it was uh, yeah I didn't quite get it all it was something like Avery was saying that Leah was a mess and Leah was saying that Ramona told her to do it and then was making fun of Avery or something like that? Yes. So it started with, like, before the episode aired, Leah posted this Instagram thing and and part of her caption says, um, she mentions how, like, she wanted to be with her sister. She was feeling very vulnerable. um, And she admits to being crazy and wasted at dinner. But, like, also, have I, did I do anything that the other women haven't done? Like, no. And then she goes, um, but enough about me. Tune in tonight for Ramona. Watch her get embarrassed at my quote unquote bad behavior. Yes, you heard it right. The woman who defecates on hotel room floors and expects others to clean it up, who calls her own friends fat, who tries to flex on IG during a pandemic is supposedly embarrassed that I got shit faced. Please. Um, so then Avery and Ramona were watching the episode and Avery was posting on her Instagram stories, about how like embarrassing Leah was acting like I'm cringing, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then Leah posted on her Instagram stories, like uh, people were commenting to her, like, Please drag Avery. I know her personally, and she's just as much of a terror as her mother is, except worse, because she publicly acts like she hates the show and won't be associated with it, but then drops her mom's name all over town, and she has no real friends. I mean, that's a little mean. (laughs) Yeah, Leah says um, she's 25. Avery's 25. So she's fair game to me. And like, if she's going and I'm closer in age to her than I am to Ramona. Um, and then, yeah, it was basically, I don't think Avery or Ramona responded after that, but I did think that was very interesting. That, well, I wonder if seeing this and seeing how she behaved in the Hamptons, Leah has changed her relationship to drinking at all. And also, you know, she was telling her mother, like, yeah, I'm drinking again, but I have it under control. I have it under control. And now her mother, I would assume, is seeing this, like how that's impacting that relationship. I I agree. Somebody, I can't remember, but they said, like, I have a feeling that, like, her baby daddy and her mom are going to have a sit down with her and tell her that she can't be on the show next season if she gets asked, which I'm sure Interesting. she will. Interesting. I yeah. mean, yeah. I don't see her leaving. I see her trying to pull a Sonya Morgan. Remember there were a few years where Sonya wouldn't get wasted on camera? hmm Like, I see uh, that kind of situation happening. And I I think that needs to happen. It, it's just scary that, like, for you to not drink and then go from not drinking for almost a decade and then, like, getting wasted, wasted, like, we maybe need to, like, ease into it or maybe this is, like, an actual problem. Like, if you can't just have, like, a couple drinks and have a good time and, like, 
be toasted a little bit, then that, right. that points to an issue for me. Well, and uh, this seems to have been happening long enough that it was enough of a problem for her to stop once. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, and for Luanne to say, like, I haven't been drinking, like, as I haven't been sober as long as Leah has, and, like, she clearly can't, like, she can't drink the same way I can because my, um, you know, like, my whatever, like, levels, yeah. I can drink a little bit more because I haven't been dry that long, whereas, like, Leah's really going ham. Yeah, oh, my I, God, yeah, it's crazy. Um. So, yeah. Well, this was such a dream. What a treat to have you on. Oh, my God. It was so much fun. I mean, to spend an hour to talk about The Real Housewives, like, please. <laughs> I would, there's nothing I would rather do. <laughs> um, do you want to tell people where they can find you? I can't imagine they don't know you, but if anybody doesn't, where can they find you? Um, I am currently recapping Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives of New York. So that is on Vulture.com. As soon as the episodes finish airing every Wednesday and Thursday, and you can find me on all social media platforms at Brian J. Moylan. Perfect. I hope you have a lovely day over there in London town. Is it beautiful? I will. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. You have a great day. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care.